What the heck was oh, that? Oh, man. I thought you did that on purpose. <laughs> so I just gave Lance a peace sign, and Zoom brought up a whole bunch of digital balloons around me. Beauty. Anyway, yeah, beauty is all around. Welcome back to Wilco the Podcast. This is Matt Morgan, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Lance Hill over there in the the Rocky Mountains. Morgan. How you doing, Lance? Good. What's what's up? What's new? You know, just uh, doing another episode of this lovely podcast. Living the dream, as they... Living the dream, the Midwest dream. This is a great podcast. Very interesting. This is what the folks come week in, week out to, to listen to is... Just two dudes <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Lance, you had a, a, a kind of a cool experience recently. Yes, you got to connect yes, with I the did. fan of the pod. Tell us about that. Give a shout out. Yeah, shout out to Michael Jewel Haley, who we have shouted out on here before. We sat down this past week and got some drinks, tacos. Nice, nice. Absolutely a blast. He has seen Wilco. 78 times 78 7, 8? 70 78 that's right he he brought his uh ticket stuff from his very first vocal concert in may 1997 and he saw him at the at the fillmore in san francisco and morgan i was i was looking at the set list it's really interesting because um they only had two albums out at that point they did a lot of covers. They covered David Bowie, The Kinks, The Replacements, The Ramones, Black wow. Sabbath. Yeah. What? Punk Punk Wilco. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's super cool. I wonder if there's any um, uh, bootleg copies of, of that set. Yeah. Because when we did our covers episode, I don't think any of those that you just mentioned were on my radar. But I know. But man, seven, 78. 78 concerts, man, that's, uh, I'll be honest, that's kind of where the imposter syndrome yeah. starts to settle in a little bit. No, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I, I I just had a blast talking Wilco. We're going to we're gonna do it again soon. You were referenced. We were missing you. I was there in spirit. You were referred to as Morgan, which uh, I'm going to take credit for because you said you, you are not called Morgan outside of moi, right? Nope, that's uh, that's uh, 100% Lance Hill. You are welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Well, we're going to cut that one out. We'll we'll probably leave that in <laughs> for the, you know, we got to have some humor, mm. some levity on this on this thing. Hey Lance, uh, I also wanted to get your opinion on this. So Tweety released a cover this week. Speaking of covers, um of Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. And uh, I'm sure most of our listeners are a little familiar with kind of the background here, but Tweety was on Colbert recently, and he was talking about his book, new book, uh, World Within a Song. He was talking about the the song, I Will Always Love You, and how while it's a, a beloved song, he's not a huge fan of it. And what people kind of took from that was, oh, Jeff Tweedy hates Dolly Parton. <laughs> it kind of blew up in his face. Um but anyway, um, Lance, I want to get your read on this cover. I, I think 
you know, this is kind of Tweety waving the white flag and saying, hey, I don't I don't hate Dolly Parton. I actually really love Dolly. He, he recorded a kind of an explanation that's uh, not behind the paywall, but then this covers behind the paywall. And you should go check out Tweety's Substack so you can get access to this and many other great recordings. So we won't, we won't play a clip of it here to encourage that. Um, but also, and also I think proceeds of this cover go toward Dolly's um, imagination library initiative. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway. Yeah. Lance, what do you, what do you think of Tweety's cover of I will always love you? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take a deep breath there. I did not love it. I was a bit underwhelmed by it. To me, it, it felt, I'm forgetting what it sounded like, but I, I remember either feeling like he was ahead of the song, like like singing ahead of the melody, or he was behind it. It it just had the feel, maybe because I know the backstory, it, it had the feel of someone who like, you could feel that he wasn't like passionately connected to this song. It felt uh, casual, which I know is Jeff Tweedy's style, but it didn't capture the magic of the song. What What about you? I think I liked it more than you. I mean, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. And and to your point about it feeling kind of behind the me- the melody or not quite synced up there, I think it was because he wasn't holding the eye as long as Dolly Parton or Whitney Houston do. And I think he even mentions in the book, like, that's part of the reason why he doesn't like that song <laughs> is because of how long that, that note is held. So I felt like that was kind of his his uh, purposeful way to sing that. Totally. But I did think he kind of made it his own. Am I going to return to it? Probably not. But it it definitely had that Tweety stamp on it. And I I think it's it's kind of just goes to show like the type of person Tweety is again. Like he's kind of re- responding to this backlash, not with like anger or like hateful rhetoric, but just like, hey, I'm just I'm going to play this song. I love you, Dolly. Hope hope you didn't take it the wrong way. <laughs> and and see, I can appreciate that. I think there's a part of me that felt like, oh, you don't need to do this. Like, like the original take was was cool. I thought it like was freeing to be encouraged. Like, like what you like and what you don't like, it's not necessarily a problem. You don't have to convince others not to like it. Just just be you. I just felt like, oh, this wasn't necessary. But then again, I'm not I'm not a public figure like Jeff Tweedy feeling the pressure. And you had mentioned you looked at the comments um, on the Instagram post. On the late show. Yeah. Yeah. And they were pretty. They were like, who is this guy? Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of, uh, you know, how the Internet is. Oh, it's it's a not a kind place. place. Yes. So that being said, I can't I can't say I wouldn't have done any different than what he did here. But yeah, I guess Jeff Tweedy's version of this song not for me necessarily okay so noted lance not a fan of jeff tweedy yeah go ahead and got lead it. with that got it got it all right well lance we got a we got a show to do here i guess uh we should probably get to that let's do it how are you feeling morgan as we ease into this part of the episode well this is a this is a new approach and i'm going to let you kind of explain it to the listeners because you you picked this theme tonight um, I think I'm feeling okay. We'll, we'll kind of see how it all comes together. Cool. Cool. Every, every time we record, it's like, was that, was that good? <laughs> and then we kind of decide after the edit's done. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, uh, Lance, explain our theme tonight. 
tell our listeners what our parameters were. Give us the overview of what we're doing here. Great. Great. I'm going to shout out my wife who gave us some really helpful feedback lately and said, I think it would be cool if you guys like tease out the theme before you start talking about the songs. And I think she gave us that feedback after the resolutions episode because it was it was like known enough, but also kind of vague enough to where it's like maybe a little bit of explanation would have been nice. So we're going to take that approach from now on out. We're going to do like a little blurb, if you will, about the topic. So you guys can know where we're coming from because the themes that we choose, you know, we're, we're kind of sitting on them for about a week or so and trying to just see what songs come to mind. It, I don't know about you, Morgan. I love this process. It's, it's fun to kind of like not only marinate on what songs we're going to choose, but also thinking about the theme. And, and uh, I find my outside life, tends to kind of bleed into it in a a cool way. So with that being said, tonight's theme is beauty. I wrote a little paragraph to Morgan. I think I'm just going to read it because I think it kind of brings our headspace in. So we're going to choose tonight two songs that strike us as quote unquote beautiful. Here's, Here's some distinction. We're not necessarily choosing our favorite Wilco songs. We are choosing songs that they, they come on maybe in the background, they grab your attention and they cause us to have a reaction where we're moved by what we're hearing. And I personally chose songs that feel like they almost could bring a tear to my eye for no other reason than how they make me feel by hearing them with the melody and the instrumentation, the emotion and Tweety's vocals. Think about those moments when you've got music on in the background and Maybe you're focusing on something else and then something in the song stops you from focusing on the task at hand and you're kind of drawn to the thing because it's beautiful, almost like a sunrise or a sunset. Whenever I go up the stairs in the morning to get ready for work, I am often just like stopped in my tracks because right out the window, there's like a gorgeous sunrise. So that's kind of what we're bringing here. And I would distinguish this category of beautiful from other labels like Amazing or Impressive. There are other songs from the Wilco catalog that would fall under that. We're choosing the songs that cause us to pause and just enjoy the prettiness of the song. So another wrench that we kind of threw ourselves this week is we said, hey, no researching, no quotes, no background info other than what you already know. We're, we're trying to just kind of talk about here is what personally influenced me to choose the songs I did. Morgan, would you add anything to that? Well, the only quotes I have are, are maybe some lyrics. Yeah. And I, I to be fair, I, I wrote lyrics as well. So do you want to kick us off? Do you want me to? So we both we both cheated. We both cheated. <laughs> sure. I can, I can kick us off. Um, we'll, we'll see how, how well I did with your your rules here. I'll, I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, my first pick tonight comes from Ode to Joy, and it's the song that probably we've all heard. Love is everywhere. Beware. Let's take a listen.
love this song, Morgan. I do love this song, Lance. And I have a little story behind it that I think kind of falls right into our criteria for tonight. So I remember hearing this song for the first time. I was on a a week-long trip to New Jersey in January 2020. So so no shade to uh, our New Jersey listeners, but, you know, Jersey in January... Not, not like the, the sunniest place <laughs> to be. Ode to Joy had been released to the world that previous October. And this single, Love is Everywhere, had, had come out, I believe, in July of 2019. Both the, the album and the single kind of had slipped past me. Because, Lance, this was kind of before you brought me back onto the Wilco train. <laughs> I do remember you, like, specifically commenting, like, that's that's pretty good that song like grabbed you pretty immediately i feel like it did yeah um so this this was a a really long work trip i was feeling a little homesick it was the longest i had been away from my daughter at the time so i was really feeling ready to just pack it up and go home but obviously i had to finish what i was there to do so so one day me and my colleague we were driving from our hotel to our filming location and uh driving the you know the rental car listening to sirius xm or whatever was on and Love Is Everywhere came on the radio. I remember feeling this uh, kind of like this uh, this warmth or like this comfort kind of wash over me. And I know that kind of sounds corny as I say it out loud. I get it. I get it. But I, th- I think it was kind of the moment where like the Nell's guitar riffs kicks in with the, I guess you would call that like arpeggios. And it, it kind of just gave me this immediate sense of peace. And then I, I turned up, I turned the volume up and just kind of like sat there in that three plus minutes and just kind of like let let the song sink in a little bit and I also, I also remember thinking oh this is Wilco this is maybe the moment it dawned on me Lance that I should be paying attention to this band again oh wow but if anyway if we're talking about beauty this is a song that that grabbed my attention and gave me an immediate reaction um, this really fits that description for me Kind of in this moment of wanting to do anything to have this trip be wrapped up and be on my way home. This song pulled me out of that, I guess, self-pitying mood I was in. And I couldn't help but feel this unabashed optimism that the song kind of conjures. You know, thinking back to that that time, 2019, 2020, obviously before the pandemic, but we were still kind of in this time of rising anger and hostility in, in the United States. That hasn't really gone anywhere, but I think this song is is Wilco's attempt to kind of address that anger that was kind of rising and offer a little bit of peace. And I also think there's a little bit of self-reflection happening in the lyrics. You know, Tweety sings, So tangled in the wild, seeing myself as something more mean. You know, maybe we were kind of starting to see this like darker side of ourselves come out at this time. Tweety sings, so many things I do, I can't explain to you. Those lyrics kind of remind me of like times when I've gotten angry and it's like, man, I I wish I didn't react that way. I can't explain why I do these things sometimes. So I hear these lyrics and I can't help but think that maybe Tweety is, is realizing how easy it is to slip into maybe being part of the problem and harboring hate and resentment and kind of giving into this cycle of anger. But then the refrain, you know, love is everywhere. It offers us this different approach. And I think it's kind of like, you know, in that 
tongue-in-cheek way of Wilco, Tweety's telling us, you know, beware, you know, if, if you allow yourselves to just stop for a minute, you know, slow down, look around you at kind of this mess we're making for ourselves, you may actually begin to, to give in to trying to, to, to love one another instead of defaulting to hateful discourse. And I think with the lyrics, like, to, to call back to your, you know, the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset, he's, he sings, you know, see the sunlight grabbing the lake. That to me is kind of like the lyric of like, slow down, look at look at the sunlight grabbing the lake. You know, there's there's beauty in the world. There's still love out there if you just pause for a minute, you know, and try to let that into your life. So I think this is really kind of Wilco's take on the time that, you know, the timeless message that love can overcome hate. We've all heard that. But I think it's it's done really well here. And I think also musically, this song also feels pretty timeless. Um, I'm going to break the rules here again, Lance, because Rolling Stone, I just want to call this out. They, they called this song a 60s-scented lullaby with worry lurking beneath the beauty. I couldn't put it any better myself. Um, so there's a very timeless feeling to the music, in my opinion. And I think, you know, beauty, to me, is often found in simplicity. You know, it doesn't necessarily re- mean reinventing the wheel. And I think this song, is, you know, it really is quite simple. You know, outside of like those guitar flourishes that Nels gives us, that's really kind of about as grand as this song gets. Because I think the music is kind of giving us a minute to breathe, just as the lyrics are are asking us to do. If this song were any more complicated, I don't know if it would hit me the way it does. So yeah, that was my initial reaction to Love Is Everywhere. Continues to hit me the same way. It's a beautiful song. Lance, what, what do you think? Does this song resonate with you? What, what's, what are your thoughts on it? I think that's a mic drop. <laughs> I think, <laughs> oh man, this is why I love hearing your takes on songs. I know that you in the past have said, I don't know Wilco, like, you know, like the super fans, like the Michael Jewel Haley's. Um, but you just pulled so much out of the song that I don't think I've ever reflected on. And I feel in this moment um, just encouraged you know, it's an election year and coming up there's we're probably going to step back into some of that tension and some of the, the meanness and, and the defensiveness that you're highlighting, like this song kind of speaks to. And this makes me want to like go and dust it off again and give it a listen. It's funny because whenever I pick up my guitar and I normally it's been a week or two, I don't know. And I'm kind of like playing uh, chords just to get my fingers working again. This is always the song that I tend to start out on. And it's really fun and fairly easy to play. But your take on this, just, just that's really, be- I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of speechless. Well, that, that's encouraging for me because there's no denying that you're the Wilco expert here. <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners know this. I've been very transparent since day one about that. Um, so yeah, it's encouraging, Lance. Thanks. Mm, I like to just speaking of on the topic of beauty, like the phrase love is everywhere. Wilco, like making a grand statement like that, that could easily come off as sappy or idealistic. And yet there's something about the way that it's packaged and presented here where it feels 
hopeful and realistic. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate when woke up can be really like hopeful like that and it's not contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Well, all right. I got well, uh, to follow that, huh? It's been a good app. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Wilco is produced by Matt Morgan. Wilco is produced. Okay. You know, well, I uh, just took a, took a job with uh, Wilco World. Very cool. Lance, let, let's, uh, let's hear what you got. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have. Okay. Well, my, my first choice is Country Song Upside Down from Cruel Country. Let's hear this beautiful track. down a country song like a trout dying sky and water rainbow flickering out inside a dark cabin the more moonlight All of my edges As I'm worried It can't be sung Alright Morgan, well this this is a song I have heard so many times It's been on repeat It has very pleasant memories attached to it for me Which you started talking about Jeff Tweedy and Dolly Parton World Within the Song and I'm going to take a page out of that book because in that book, Jeff Tweedy seems to always attach like a story from life to the song that he's talking about. And I think that's that's probably a big reason why this song has become so beautiful to me. It's become associated with a very happy period of my life. So the first thing that comes to mind is this came out right around the time of Solid Sound 2022. In fact, we got, as attendees, we got this album released a week earlier than the release date. That's right. So I played the album a lot in preparation. I was very much looking forward to going to that, that show with you and your wife and my wife, my wife and I had also just closed on our first house and I would hear this song in our new house, oftentimes in the bathtub (laughs) and uh, friends of ours had gotten us a housewarming gift of like this bubble bath. And so, The song has become associated with a specific smell. And uh, yeah, so I I hear this song and it takes me back to like that era of life. Apart from like my own personal attachment to this song, um, it it is just an achingly beautiful melody. I think there's something kind of a little bit melancholy about this song. It's, It's sweet and it's sentimental in its tone, but it also evokes a type of longing within me. And I would say it's a longing that can be very pleasing while also just provoking like this, this kind of quiet longing. And, and I think that's something just to kind of go a little more philosophical about the topic of beauty. I think that's something deeply associated with beauty. Like um, my appetite for beauty will almost always certainly not be satisfied or satiated 
no matter how strong or rich the beauty is. Um, like with this song, I find like, oh, I want that chord to be sustained or ooh, that, that lyric, I want that to be just repeated ad nauseum. And yet I know if I got my wish and it was drawn out, um, it would be empty or it'd be disappointing or it'd be too much. So maybe what was sweet and delicate would become nauseating or exhausting. Or there's a good chance it'd become sappy or saccharine. And so this song, it's, you know, it's what, around three minutes. It's just Wilco seems to have sustained the balance perfectly for me. When I hear it, it feels like being like wrapped up in a warm blanket. I know that we're not supposed to do research. I didn't do research, but I know that I think that this song was loosely inspired by a cabin that the Tweedies have in Michigan. And it, it sort of has that feel. It has like that homey feel like a cabin. Gosh, this is one of those topics where it's like, I don't know how to capture this in words. It's just like, just just go hear the song. We're just going to play the song for you. Yeah. yeah. Country song, without a doubt, dying sky. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I think it does. I, yeah, it is hard to put a feeling a song gives you into words. I, I remember you, you had listened to Cruel Country. I, I, just, I made the decision that I wasn't going to listen to Cruel Country. I wanted to hear it live for the first time. And that was my first experience with Cruel Country. But I remember you calling this song out specifically as like the most beautiful song in the album. Yeah, I remember that when we were at Solid Town, they were playing through Cruel Country start to finish. I kept being like, get ready, get ready for this song. And yep. I got a, I got a fun recording of that song, too. Might have to throw that back up on the Insta. I don't know if they've played it too often. You know, I found a solo Jeff Tweedy performance of this song a few months ago, and uh, it it still very much sounds like the album version. And at the same time, the band adds so much to it. And I'd say that's the mark of a good song. Like it stands by itself just fine. But then, ooh, add their subtle elements in and it is, I'm getting chills right now. That, that's funny you say there, there are times when I'm, I'm hearing a Wilco song and I think, oh, this kind of sounds like it could be a, a Tweety song. Yeah. Like a, um, take, take most tracks off Ode to Joy. Totally. But then when you actually hear him play those by himself, you realize, oh my gosh, this song sounds totally different with, you know, Glenn Cochise's percussion elements or Nels Klein's added guitar parts or, you know, Sansone doing yeah. what he does. You might as well just go through um, the rest of the band at this point. Yeah. Um, who else is We got John Stierat, <laughs> um, Michael Jorgensen. Oh man. Should I continue this yeah, discussion? Yeah, like, take us home. All right. Set the bar high, my friend. All right. Well, my second pick comes from Cousin, and it's the song Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. 
This is the first time Cousins been shouted out apart from our two episode digestion of it with Tim Gerson. Yeah, and I, I realized I was trying to avoid Cousin to be honest because I feel like we've talked for three hours about that album. But in the context of that episode, I think I was focusing more on the lyrics. So I'm going to try to, to to talk about the beauty of the music. Oh, let's go, man! I'm I'm so excited you're talking, cousin. <laughs> As I was reflecting on this, Lance, there are several, I realized that there are several beautiful moments on Cousin, and it's kind of causing me to rethink my my original score a oh, little bit. You're pulling a pitchfork. I'm pulling a pitchfork. But as I re- mentioned previously, I think we got to give ourselves a little grace to change our mind as, as art kind of sits with us more, for better or worse. Um, I think Cousin is on the upward trajectory for me. So yeah, when I think about this album, Beautiful Moments, Sunlight Ends, I almost talked about that. Bowl in a Pudding, also totally. gorgeous. And Meant to Be, which I, I love that song. Also the new music video is a lot of fun. Yeah. But I landed on Pittsburgh because I think it is my favorite song on this album. I think the first time I heard a taste of this song was on Wilco's Instagram when they were teasing the release of Cousin, and I thought to myself, oh, I bet this will be the album opener. And I was surprised when it was kind of buried more toward the end. But I think the beauty for me in this song comes in the layers. It's kind of like the the anti-love is everywhere and that this song feels a lot more complex. But I would say that it also never really loses that steady footing. And so the, the first layer is what sounds immediately to me like a Tweety solo song. We got this mellow acoustic, you know, rainy day Tweety singer songwriter vibe. And you you think you're anticipating that Tweety's going to start singing, but instead we get the second layer, which is this fuzzy wall of synth or sounds that I can't quite put my finger on. They kind of surge out of nowhere around that 30-second mark. Vocal kind of throws us a surprise I think at that moment like you think you know what you're gonna get but they they take a left turn and and hit you with this new soundscape I think it I think it's beautiful and I, I think if I may even go as far as to say you know I've talked about my love of shoegaze the shoegaze yeah. genre on this podcast and this song obviously isn't a shoegaze song but I think this is the closest moment to shoegaze Wilco we've ever had I can totally see that Maybe it's so beautiful to me because it's so unexpected. And I think there's beauty in the unexpected sometimes. And then we come out of this swell back down to that calming acoustic Tweety zone again. And then then it starts to feel like a vulnerable diary entry Hmm. that you're kind of just in the room with him as he's he's writing his thoughts down. But again, I'm not going to go into the lyrics here. I talk about those on the Cousin episode, which if you feel so inclined to, go check that out. And then uh, I would say the, the third layer here is this kind of Nels Klein guitar flourish again. We have that in Love is Everywhere. We have that with Pittsburgh. I'm gonna shout this out again, not to keep harboring back to the uh, cousin episode, but the moment where Nels comes in with this solo really reminds me of Radiohead's Moon-Shaped Pool.
tones, the atmosphere. It, it's just like every single section of the song is like Wilco doing something new. But it, it's grounded in kind of the bookends with this acoustic guitar, you know, the whispery Jeff Tweedy vocals. And, and also that like that wall of synth never comes back. You think it's going to come back. It, it, do, it doesn't come back. So I think I just think top to bottom, this is a beautiful song with a lot of twists and turns. And I kind of look forward to seeing if Wilco is going to continue to explore these types of sounds on, on future releases, because I would I would eat that up. Totally. I would love to know the genesis of that wall of sound on the uh, Starship Casual Jeff Tweedy's substat. There is a Jeff Tweedy he has somebody else that's not a Wilco member i forget who it is but there's a really stripped down version of this song and it sounds pretty similar to the stripped down moments like i kind of wonder if that's what it was taken from but there is not that wall of sound and i would love to know like if that was michael jorgensen's idea or kate, kate lebon yeah totally yeah. the other thing i want to say morgan you mentioned like you thought this song was going to be the opening track and i have realized recently I would like this song a lot more if it was. I think I have this weird thing sometimes where closing tracks on an album or like like not literally the last track, but like the last half of the album. I sometimes become less attached to it. I, I think maybe it's like I get more enjoyment out of the first half because it's like we're, we're starting the album. The whole thing's ahead of us. This song, I think it would have hit me more if it had been earlier. I love Infinite Surprise as an opener, but I think overall, I would probably like Cousin more if I could rearrange the track order, okay. to be honest with you. Sure. Yeah. I would put 10 Dead. I would I would bury it more in the middle or the end, I think. Yeah. Cousin for me really gets interesting with Sunlight Ends, with the exception of Soldier Child. The, the kind of the back half of the album is my preferred tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you want to hear, if you don't have access to Starship Casual, there is a, a YouTube recording um, taken from the Tweety Show of Jeff and Spencer playing Pittsburgh. And I think it was like 2021. So well before this was in the studio and producing Hands of Kate LeBond. So, um, but yeah, again, it's very stripped down. It sounds like a Tweety solo acoustic song. Yeah. Beautiful choice. All right, Lance, we got one more pick of the night. Lay it on us. What do you got? All right, my choice is Common Sense from Schmoko. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I got you. I was you like, with wait, that wait a minute. I took him off. The, he knew what I was the choosing. Halloween episode. Um, my choice is from Mermaid Avenue, Volume 2 Remember the Mountain Bed. Do you still sing of the mountain bed we made of limbs and leaves? Do you still sigh there near the sky with the holly berry bleeds? You laughed as I covered you over with leaves, face, breast, hips, and thighs. Smile and I said the leaves were just the color of your eyes Do 
Okay, well, Morgan, you knew I made a last minute switcheroo with this choice. I was actually originally going to talk about the lonely one from being there. And I actually have notes for it, but I just, I don't know. I, I felt like, oh, this song, when I first heard it, immediately grabbed me. So, you know that, you know that experience you have where you quote unquote discover a band and if they're not a new band, they have like many albums in their back catalog that you get to go and like absorb. That is what this song was for me because I was introduced to Wilco circa 2007, eight. I remember I was hearing, I think it was from the Wilco's website. It was like a road case song. I think they used to stream those. You didn't just have to buy them. I could be wrong, but I was hearing a live set. This song came in the mix and I just immediately pricked up and was like, what is this song? I've never heard this before. I think it's probably one of the prettiest melodies that I've ever heard from Wilco. And, and like you said, we tried to avoid doing any research. I couldn't help but notice on the Wilco website, the music page that Jay Bennett was credited as having co-written the melody with Jeff. Okay. And so I want to I want to give a shout out to Jay Bennett. He is extre- was extremely talented. Rest in peace, Jay Bennett. Gosh, the instrumentation is gorgeous. It starts off nice and quiet, and this song kind of gradually swells. You've got more instruments being added as it goes along. You get some drums, piano, organ, some backing vocals from Jay. I, I do want to shout out Mermaid Avenue. This is a collection of songs where Wilco collaborated with singer-songwriter Billy Bragg. They had access to unused lyrics from Woody Guthrie, which they then put to music. I'm, I'm assuming everybody that's a huge Wilco fan already knows that, but for those of you that don't know, that's that's what the Mermaid Avenue collection is. So apart from Melody, I, I today was kind of the, the first time I've realized how beautiful the lyrics are and I'd never realized how evocative they are with the physical senses Um, so I'm going to shout some of those out right now very initially there's the reference to making a quote-unquote mountain bed out of leaves and limbs Um, and that that just I feel like we've all either done that or we like imagine doing that before you know like getting all the like twigs on top of you it almost is like a element of childhood with it. There's there's reference to the color of their lover's eyes. There's reference to the color of their, their lover's brown arm against the ground. I, I like this reference to, to sight. Your stomach moved beneath your shirt and your knees were in the air. Your feet played games with mountain roots as you lay thinking there. Ooh, that is, that just kind of rolls off, you know, and it, it you can see that picture in your mind. Um, smell is referenced. There's reference to rosin smells and turpentine smells from eucalyptus and pine. And I feel like I, I can like I can smell it now, you know. Taste is referenced. The bitter taste of twigs we chewed. Or my history and future blaze bright in me. And all my joy and pain go through my head on our mountain bed where I smell your hair again. Touch is referenced, there's the reference to like the sun's heat. Here's a quote, my face all hot with tears. Oh my goodness, I just like, oh yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. 
sound you laughed as I covered you over with leaves. So just for one song to kind of like go through all the senses and evoke them in such a strong way, I think that's really beautiful. My favorite lyric, I guess kind of going back to country song upside down, it's like that longing kind of evoked within me. And it describes the couple coming together. And it also kind of captures a theme of mortality and reckoning with the brevity of our lives. So here's the, here's the lyric. There on our mountain bed of leaves, we learned life's reason why the people laugh and love and dream. They fight, they hate to die. So not only is it this beautiful song about love and romance, it's also about mortality. And I, I don't know about you, Morgan, but I think the theme of dying and mortality and losing that can crack me open like few other topics can. Whew, this is this is a song. I, I don't have anything else to say. It's just like one of those songs. Like it's really hard to capture in words. You you just have to experience it. You just have to let let the melody take you over. So that's what I've got. Any any thoughts from you on well, this song? Mermaid Avenue is probably my least familiar portion of the Wilco catalog. I'm pounding face pound. Yep. Fist pound, not face pound. <laughs> face pound. So I'm really glad we're giving that some love on the podcast. We don't really typically shout out Mermaid Avenue unless we're talking with the uh, the guys of the Mermaid Avenue sandwich shop. Shout out. This episode is sponsored by Sandwiches from Mermaid Avenue and by BetterHelp. <laughs> Now we can be funny. Yeah. Let's loosen up. Morgan, I don't know about you, but I I love this. This is this was the most fun on this show I've had in a while. Not that we don't have fun, just like yeah, it felt we? really cool to like navigate away from the research and just talk from the cuff to hear your beautiful insights. I mean, at the end of the day, this is why we like Wilka. It's like the, the personal reaction, apart from like the facts and stuff. It's like the music grabs you. And I feel like that's what we tapped into today. Absolutely. And and just to shout out a couple honorable mentions. These were all songs I had already talked about. I mean, I guess I had talked about Pittsburgh too, but Reservations came to mind, Muzzle of Bees, and Less Than You Think. Those were three contenders. Did you have any honorable mentions? Um, wishful thinking, wishful thinking I wanted sure. to talk about. Um, and, and like I said, I took notes on The Lonely One. Yeah, The Lonely One... I'm trying to think if there's any other Wilco songs where we have like a cinematic string section. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, there's strings on Jesus, etc. But like, mm-hmm. like a, it sounds like there's an orchestra almost. On and on and on. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, let the expert talk. All right. I'm just going to. Oh, okay. I, you know what? I also thought about talking about far, far away from being there. But if I had done that, I would have shouted out the Whitney version, which... I like the Wilco version. Oh my goodness, that Whitney version. The Whitney Houston version is uh, good too. Yeah. So should we talk about Dolly Parton? Yeah, let's do Just it. to kind of book in this thing. Or? All right, guys. Well, that's that's our episode on beauty. Um, it strikes me that if you do have those people in your life that don't love Wilco or haven't gotten them, this might be the kind of episode where it might be a little more easy to kind of like cut your teeth on some Wilco. You're just trying to get some organic uh, listeners. Spread the the listener pool of Wilco the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right, Morgan. We'll sign us off, and we will. Uh, 
We'll catch this you. This is the end of the episode. I think one of my resolutions is to come up with a good way to sign these things off. When I was first thinking about this uh, this show, I thought like we'd do like a, like a lyric. Like, hey, always remember. Uh, Love uh, is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I was like, that is, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> All right, kids, always remember, uh, God's love is all we have, all right? (laughs) Appreciate you listening. All right, guys, until next time. Wilco the Podcast is produced by Lance Hill and Matt Morgan. Editorial and theme music by Matt Morgan. You can find us on Instagram at Wilco the Podcast or shoot us an email at wilcothepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.